Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Ma, I'm done with my segment. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. We're talking football with the professor, John Clayton. If you guys have questions for John, you know what to do. Text those questions in, 421-3776. That's 421-ESPN. Try to get to some of your questions before we let him go for the day. Hello, John. Hello, guys. What a newsy uh, 24-hour period it has been. Well, how how you feeling about this move with the uh, firing of Ken Norton? Because I know any time we brought it up before, you were not a fan of that move, but it's happened. So yeah. what do you think? Uh, I thought it was necessary. I mean, you, you did. Know, yeah. I mean, not I mean, not during the season, because I mean, Pete's not going to do that. But now that the season's over, and you know that he's staying, and John Snyder's staying, and Russell Wilson's staying, you know, something had to change, and so now the chance to uh, you know, figure out a new coordinator and get the defense right is now on the agenda. And so I'm not surprised. And, uh, you know, I'm not, yeah, I wasn't thrilled by it because you, know, you hate to take away Ken Norton Jr. from Bobby Wagner and, uh, you know, the guys that he taught and everything else. But, hey, it, it was inevitable. I wonder if he's going to stay, you know, maybe go coach linebacker somewhere. I mean, I think – you know, that would be good for him mm-hmm. to go and, and do that. And, yeah, everybody loves him. Yeah. Remember early on when when he first came here with Pete, he was like um, the sort of hype guy, the hype man in, yeah. the, in the locker room before the games and stuff. And, you know, he was pretty close with the players. But those guys, they're about – him and Pete are about as tight as can be. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that must have been really hard for Pete. Had to be, yeah. I mean, it's not easy at all. But, uh, you know, at, at some point you change is needed and, you know, change – ended up happening so it's like uh now it's a matter i mean i, I was, it was kind of intrigued i mean clint hurdle i think is the best defensive line coach in the league now the question is can he be a coordinator and then of course ed donatell is a really good coordinator i mean he's he's been now a coordinator for four different teams and so i could see that as being a good fit and then who know who knows who else gets you know, let go, fire, you name it, you know, when the coaching changes start as far as, you know, who's in and who's out. Yeah, you know, I had him in Denver back when Mm -hmm. he was the secondary coach in 95. And, you know, we were just talking about how these coaches, I mean, they just are – you know, I I can't remember what uh, Mark Schlereth said about their lifestyle, but he was at Kent State is where he started out, then then Washington, then – and I think UW – uh, he was a grad assistant mm-hmm. up here, and then Pacific, Idaho, and then, like you said, what, four or five, six different teams where he coached defensive back or a coordinator. So, yeah, that's another guy you think it's going to be – what are the sort of pitfalls of bringing somebody as the, you know, an outsider? Because we always mm-hmm. – <laughs> talking about Pete's defense, and it's it's – it's going to be something he's probably going to want to run. So if you promote from within, you know, that's probably a lot easier for to make that transition. But, you know, yeah, but again, maybe... if you're going to make changes, I mean, it's not bad to go outside and get somebody who's experienced. You know what? Yeah. I, I have to go back and look at it because it's probably not the case because Donatello is probably too young for this. But I think the fact that he went to the University of Pacific and coached there, because remember, that's where, you know, Pete had experience and all that stuff so mm. it's like uh you know I'm, I'm sure that doesn't connect or anything of that nature but don hell is a good coach and so it's like yeah. i could see that being a fit and this is not a knock at uh, you know clint hurt because again clint hurt might be able to do a great job too 
Yeah, I, I'm with you on this one, John. I've said before, and I, I don't know if Hurt might be phenomenal. I don't mm-hmm. I don't really know. I, I would just love to have an outside perspective, just some fresh eyes on the personnel, how they're being used. Mm-hmm. Because we had we had questions about what were they doing with Dunlap this year? What did they do with Jamal Adams? They they had him you know, playing completely differently than they had him last year when they were both impact players. It never made sense. So I would just love to have fresh eyes. Somebody looks at the roster, the pieces they have to work with, who fits, who doesn't. Here's what I would do, and then try to mesh with Pete rather than have somebody come in and just sort of replicate what was already going on. Well, plus, I mean, Donatel comes from a defense, you know, that with Vic Fangio, I mean, they ranked among the top two or three in football this past year. And so it's like, uh, you know, he's got success. He didn't, I mean, the team didn't have success. That's why Fangio was fired and Donatel is available. But no, I think he's a good coach. Yeah, we were wondering about if there's going to be some other uh, position groups. We heard about Andre Curtis, mm-hmm. of course, and you know that that was the category where they were the worst yeah. uh, over the last couple of years as far as the passing game defense. But um, yeah, so but is it? I know when you're a head coach and you come into a, a new job, you're going to want to bring some assistants, some coaches mm-hmm. with you. I wonder if that will be the case. And maybe a couple of, you know, whether it's a defensive back coach or a linebacker coach or whatever, that maybe those guys will get replaced by whoever brings in. Do defensive coordinators typically bring two or three coaches with them or just kind of work with? Maybe one or two. depends on what uh, Pete wants. You know, but, you know, the interesting thing is I have to go back and, you know, research this a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's like, you know, Donatel and Vic Fangio came, you know, before he was in Denver, he was in Chicago, right? Yeah. Guess who else was in Chicago? Fangio. Clint Hurt. Oh, oh, Clint Hurt. Clint Hurt and and Donatel. Ah. So I think gotcha. I, so. I think that uh, you know there's a little bit of history you know between the two of them, and that that could work out. Hey, um, as far as McCarthy, you know, with that last call mm-hmm. and everything. So first of all, NBA referees came out and condemned Dak Prescott's. I don't know if you heard his comments. Like he was glad the fans were throwing stuff at the. Yeah, officials. that was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of put that as like heat of the moment comment from him. But anyway, I, I feel like everybody's uh, kind of jumping the gun on uh, firing McCarthy in mm-hmm. Dallas. Agreed. Uh, just because of you know the the play call. I mean, it's it's one play call. It, it was very close. If they'd executed other things, you know, they might have had a shot. But yeah, I feel like there's a overreaction going on. Like, I would I would agree with that. Yeah, because again, it's like it's one play call, and again, I didn't like it because again, it's like uh, you know you're trying to set up a hail mary, and you're calling a running play with a quarterback. It takes too much time. It didn't make sense. And then of course you know you got Dak Prescott screwing it up by uh, you know handling the ball and not letting the official handle the ball first. That was bad. So, yeah, from, from many a- aspects, that was just horrible. But, yeah, one bad call. But still, you know, the way that they uh, – the way that McCarthy coached this season, you know, didn't get the most out of this team. I know they won 12 games, but a lot of that's the six wins in the bad NFC East. So, John, what does the future look like for Kingsbury after last night's debacle? I still think it's shaky, to be honest, because, again, that team was terrible. And the offense was even worse. Yeah, they were. I mean, they were just abominable. So it's like, uh, you know, I still wonder if they could take a day or two and uh, then decide to make a coaching change. You ever see anything like this, John, how he ends? 
the seasons as a head coach. I don't know if you saw no. the tweet. Yeah. But uh, Cardinals in 2019, and this goes back to Texas Tech, like mm-hmm. 2013, mm-hmm. he lost five of the last six in 2013 at Texas Tech. Right. And it goes on and on. The next year, the next year, four of six, six of eight, all losses at the end of the year. And then in 2019 here with the Cardinals, seven of the last nine they lost. Uh-huh. Uh, lost five of the last seven in 2020 and five of the last six in 2021. It's That's I can't. How do you put your finger on that? That is just the weirdest thing I've seen in mm-hmm. a while. That, it is. You know, at the end of the year, he just falls apart. Uh huh. Uh huh. It, it's amazing to think how bad that is. So yeah. it's like, a, why? Who knows? But I mean, obviously, it's you know taking control and finishing. And he's obviously not a great finisher. And I mean, you look at different points and how uh, uncoached they look, particularly on offense. That wasn't good. Did you see, I assume you saw the story about Malik McDowell oh, yeah, yeah, arrested yeah. in Florida. Charges of aggravated battery on a law enforcement officer resisting arrest with violence, public exposure. Uh, according to the arrest report, he beat a deputy, quote, in a violent attack that left the officer dazed and fearing permanent injury to his right eye. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, I don't know if this... I don't know much about who he was prior to his injury. I know m- most people go, well, maybe that's a result of his head injury, but... He, he's he feels like he's you know in that Antonio Brown where he's got no impulse control and 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 right now he's he's a bad guy. Does he does he have a spot in this league after something like that? This is not the first time. No, certainly, no. You you want to, and again, it's like how are you near a school or in a school and you're naked? Yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous. Creepy. I know. It's like a, so he's naked. He be, tries to beat up a police officer. I mean, that's just horrible. I mean, you and I don't know. They didn't say any toxicology report or anything of that nature yet. But again, you have to kind of wonder what was he on? Was he on anything or what? I, I would think to. if you're just wandering around naked by a school, you you're you're influenced by something other Some, than yeah. just Mother Nature. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like uh, the weather was so hot that you had to take all your clothes off. Well, and the other thing that's sad about it is he didn't have great stats in no. Cleveland, but he had stats. Like, mm-hmm. he played, he started in 14 games. Right. Uh, pass defense, a fumble recovery, had three sacks, 33 tackles. I mean, he was on his way to recovery. So, yeah, it's just, maybe it's maybe it's something that happened in that accident, like Bob was saying. Yeah. Or, or maybe he's just not a good guy, period. I mean, well, that's, a, that's yeah. the thing. It's like, why make excuses for him? Well, it's sort of like Antonio Brown. Everybody's like, well, he hasn't been the same since Vontez Perfect hit him. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he was a pain in the butt before then. It wasn't yeah. nearly as public, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you can both can be true. You can you can be altered by a traumatic head injury. Right. You can also be a jerk. You can mm-hmm. also be a bad person on top of that. And the, I think could be true in both cases with Antonio Brown and Malik McDowell. No doubt. And uh, and again, it's like how could, I just wonder how long the Browns are going to stick with them. You know, because uh, you know the. Yeah, it's like that's got to be a big embarrassment to that team. Yeah. Boy, getting back to last night's game, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've ever seen this either. They were 0 for 9 on third down, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh-huh. 0 for 9, 183 yards. But the thing that, that stood out to me, John, was Cam Akers, man. I mean, yeah. did he have a full Achilles tear? Yes. And he had surgery, and this was like at the beginning of the year. It was mm-hmm. like uh, mm-hmm. what August, something like so that. So he yeah. came. He came back in like five or six months. That's pretty remarkable. And then they have fifty-seven yards and look great. Yeah, I I thought that that kind of bodes well for uh, Quandre Diggs. 
Yeah. Because, you know, obviously it's a different type of injury, but it just it's amazing to me how fast. And you remember, John, that back in the day when, when I was playing, I mean, if you had an Achilles, it was like a year. If you had right. an ACL, you know, it was a year. And it's it's pretty amazing how these guys are coming back. So I'm thinking, you know, with with that in mind, maybe it won't affect Quandre Diggs' uh, contract, not just mm-hmm. because of Cam Akers, but just because of the fact that, uh, you know, they're, they're doing a good job getting these guys back on the field these days, like technology, medical mm-hmm. advancements, things like that. And this is a four- to five-month injury, so it's like uh, he may miss some OTA work, but he should be ready for training camp. Yeah. It's amazing because that was so ugly. And, yeah. you know, looking at that thing, you just think, man. And I know this as as a player, when you get hurt like that, you think, oh, man, I'm never going to be the same. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it happens. It happens. Uh, 421-3776-421-ESPN is the text number powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Uh, I just lost the phone number. But uh, what somebody was asking, are there some under-the-radar guys? They, they said non-retread guys as far as uh, defensive coordinator candidates out there that we're not talking about for the Seahawks. Well, we've got to see about Gus Bradley. I mean, uh, we don't know. Uh, we know that they fired Mike Mayock, as we talked about yesterday. But, uh, you know, Richie Mustachio is still the uh, head coach. But if he gets fired, then I think Gus Bradley is going to be available. And so, uh, you know, he could be he could be one that uh, could double back into the uh, fold. So that could be one. And, uh, you know, again, you know, we're still in that process of you know, letting guys go because when you, you, you get to hire, then, of course, then you get to fire the assistant coaches if they don't fit in what the new coach wants. Hey, John, Buda Baker, that was uh, oh, yeah, pretty man. rough. But you, you could see early on that he was moving his legs and arms. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like, uh, sounds like uh, it was – I mean, it was a bad concussion, but still sounds like yeah. it's not going to be anything too serious for him. No, but, again, it was a bad concussion because, again, anytime you have to go to the hospital like that, that's not good. Yeah. Who do – you know, I know people want to blame, but they both kind of put their heads down, right? Mm-hmm. I felt like so, you know, there wasn't going to be any kind of a penalty or anything like that. No, no, no. Or fine. You, no fine or anything out of that. No, no, no. I mean, just it was a hard hit. And yeah. again, it's like uh, when the running back hits uh, the safety and it turns out that the safety goes down before the running back, that says something about the running back. John, the 208 is asking, which game are you looking forward to most this weekend? Hmm. Let's see. Uh, it's got to be Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Buffalo. Chiefs. Buffalo I'm, and the Chiefs. Yeah, I think that's probably the game that you, you look forward to the most. Because again, I'm kind of curious about the – sorry, John. I'm, I'm just curious about the Rams, if they can yeah. – I mean, they. I, I don't know how much of what we saw last night was due to them just clicking on all cylinders and mm-hmm. looking great, which they did, or the Cardinals just looked so pathetic they weren't even competitive. So I'm curious how the Rams will look against the Buccaneers. Yeah, that could be that could be a fascinating game because, again, you know, the Bucs have so many injuries. You know, their right tackle, Tristan Wirfs, is now uh, – you know, you had a bad ankle. You kind of wonder if he's going to be able to play. You know, they're down a couple of running backs. And so, you know, certainly a down Chris Godwin and all that stuff. So they've got a lot of issues. You know, I would say, you know, the Bengals uh, and the Titans and also the 49ers and yeah. the Packers, those are pretty compelling, too. So all of them. <laughs> I yeah, just, they're all I good. I just yeah. all of them. <laughs> They've got to be better than this weekend, right? I mean, this this was not a good stretch of games. Oh, no. Dude. No, it's, I mean, it's funny yeah, because we have the most unpredictable season in NFL history, and it was the most predict, uh, predictable super wild card weekend. You know, five of the six uh, home 
I mean, the division teams and home teams all won, and the only upset was a very predictable one with San Francisco over Dallas. Does it kill any momentum for those that want to expand the playoffs? Uh, to, what do you mean expand? It was like no, it's like, allow more teams. No, I think oh, I think now it does, yeah. Because again, you look at the seven seeds and they weren't competitive in the uh, in the game, so it's like uh, now you want to go to eight, too much. Three six zero asking about Dan Quinn. Now he is in the circle of yeah. head coach, right? Head coach, yeah, yeah. Not, he's got, he's not, got he's got. I mean, I, I, he's a leading candidate in Denver, and he's got four interviews scheduled this week. I know he just got done in Chicago. Yeah. So, and what did you say? There's eight uh, vacancies right now? Seven or eight? Eight. eight. Is that, and that's about normal mm-hmm. for every seven, year? Seven or eight. It's, yeah. usually, it's usually five to seven. Now, so eight's a little bit one more than normal. And then, again, we'll see if anything happens with Kingsbury in, uh, you know, with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Hmm. Oh, you'd think they would make that announcement soon if they were going to do something, right? Well, you take a day or two to, you know, talk to the players and, do all that stuff and sort it through because obviously you know, the general manager doesn't want to make a change. Uh, but you have to think right now that the owner, Michael Bidwell, may just force the issue and say, no, that's it. I'm done. Hmm. So I'm just looking at the article, but Mike Tomlin, Steelers are proceeding with the assumption that Ben Roethlisberger is retired. I thought that was already a foregone conclusion. It is. They're still, okay. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't understand. Steelers are proceeding with the assumption that he's retired. When well, because he I pretty mean, much yeah. is he not signed, filed the papers yet, or something? No, yeah, no. maybe that's it. Yeah, maybe well, somebody don't... holding on to hope that he'll still continue. He probably play. hasn't even cleaned out his locker yet, so it's like <laughs> too early. When I, I saw something else about them not, uh, God, what was the story about? Maybe not going after a big free agent like they they, they would. I'm not sure where they were going to find. Yeah, but their... he, but, he, but I mean, Mike Tomlin says all cards are on the table. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the article I saw. Little, yeah, but yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. They're not the only team in in need of a quarterback, and, mm-hmm. and you know everybody talking about well, once the 49ers season ends, Garoppolo's going to be out. Right? Is he going to be the the hot commodity out there? Or do you I wouldn't think call him hot, but I think he'd be a commodity. <laughs> Where do you think he lands? Where does he fit I, best? I mean. He Where does his game translate the best? Uh, I mean, it fits in Pittsburgh, I think. I mean, he's he a tall quarterback that, uh, you know, kind of like Ben and all that stuff. So I can see him fitting in there. Oh, hey, by the way, how about your boy Colin Coward? Oh, what happened now? Your favorite clown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send in the clown. Well, so <laughs> so yesterday he puts out that uh, Bill Belichick is now shying away and you know, from Mac Jones and may not want him anymore. Really? Yeah. I mean, again, he doesn't stop. He is so yeah. wrong on everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hadn't heard that one. So after his rookie year, he's already done with him, huh? According to Colin Coward, yeah. Is that his sources telling him that? Who knows? I mean, let's put it this way. His sources are idiots because, and then he listens to the idiots and sounds like an idiot <laughs> listening to the idiots. <laughs> So your feeling is he's a bit of an idiot. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, you know what I saw this morning, John? What's that? Uh, North Dallas 40. Uh-huh. You remember that football yeah, movie? Yeah, sure. Did you like it? Yeah. See, I thought I thought it was uh, maybe one of the better football movies, but mm-hmm. do you have a favorite football hmm. movie? I thought uh, Any Given Sunday was ridiculous. And you didn't like it? I, didn't I thought like it was hot one. garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
uh, Al Pacino as the head coach. Right, right, right. You know which one I thought was underrated? I don't think it's the best ever by any stretch, but I thought Draft Day was underrated. That Draft was, that, Day was good. Yeah. That was a pretty good movie. Really? Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. I don't I don't put it like, I love The Longest Yard is, is phenomenal to me. Yeah, oh, that's good. Um, but, but yeah, it, it's Draft Day. It's kind of a sleeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Uh, was that you and me that interviewed Kevin Costner, Bob? Or was that, yeah, I think it certainly it was. was. Yeah. yeah. I was out nervous. There, out there in the... He was a little bit aloof. He was a little, little. Uh, I don't know. He didn't seem completely present when we were talking yeah. to him. Not friendly enough, but yeah, yeah. just yeah. a little, yeah, little different. But By yeah, the I, way, uh, with Colin Coward, I was just looking up Mac Jones's numbers for a rookie. He went ten and seven. Uh huh. Started all seventeen games. Right. Sixty-seven point six percent. Twenty-two touchdowns. Thirteen interceptions. A little heavy, but come on. As you would say, John. Come I on, that's just you would say that's stupid. Mm-hmm. It's stupid. Yeah. That's just a guy saying stuff right there. That's yeah, what that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. John, we appreciate it. We'll talk again tomorrow. All right, sounds good. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill. Download the podcast at seven ten sports dot com. Yeah, that'd be interesting if he just decided. You know what, this Mac Jones kid. Eh, let's move on. We can do better. You know what though? If he did do that. Wouldn't you kind of go, there must be something there. I mean, look, he's been a genius as far as getting rid of players. And, you know, like he's had a couple where he got rid of them and then they came back, like Jamie Collins, uh, Kyle Van Noy. Um, As bad as it would sound, and it looks apparently, uh, you know, looking at the the fact that they made the playoffs with a rookie quarterback and he went 10-7, and He was yeah. the best of the bunch. He yeah, was better he was than be- Fields. He was better than Lawrence. He was better than Wilson. He was better than any of the, the high-profile rookie quarterbacks that, that were drafted Lance. ahead of him. Lance, yeah. yeah. So, But still, I guess I would have to, like, I'm kind of checking myself right now because Belichick has been, he's been pretty amazing as far as, uh, you know, the, the players that he's held on to and let go. Yeah, well, do you know, are you buying into what Colin is saying? Do you think there's some truth no. to it? <laughs> I, I don't, but if if he does, that would be something to. I, I don't think you would. My point is, you wouldn't go. Oh, Belichick's an idiot. He, he might have been. He might be wrong on it, but you, you, if you go with his his history, it's yeah. kind of hard to look the other way. He's not always right, though. He got rid of Chandler Jones, who's been an absolute monster since he left there. He, he signed that... Albert Hainsworth. He signed Chad yeah. Ochocinco. He, you know, he's, he's, they spent a lot of money on some players that didn't work. Didn't Chandler Jones, though, wasn't that because of his getting naked off the field like Malik McDowell? I'm not trying yeah, to make I think light he, of it. He, but... he's, maybe he smoked that synthetic weed or something like that. And... Yeah. Had a bad I thought he episode. showed up at like a police station naked or something. Like that. <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but yeah, yeah he's, he's not every movie he's made has, has panned out. But yeah, it would certainly cause you to raise an eyebrow. All right, coming up, uh, the Seahawks don't want to find themselves on a path that the Cardinals are on. We'll tell you what we're talking about. Coming up with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.